قال رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقه قولي او ماي لورد اوبن فور مي ماي تشست اند ايز فور مي ماي تاسك اند انتاي دو نوت فروم ماي تونغ that they may understand my speech bismillah walhamdulillah wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ya jama'in rabbi shrah li sadri wa yassir li amri wa hlul uqdatam min lisani yafqahu qawli rabbi zidna ilma assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh my beautiful sisters welcome to another episode of the women of quran now podcast welcome Suratul Khud ayah 123 A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim Walillahi ghaibu samawati wal ardi wa ilayhi yurja'ul amru kulluhu fa'abudhu wa tawakkal wa tawakkal alayhi وَمَا رَبُّكَ بِغَافِلٍ عَمَّا تَعْمَلُونَ All right, let's actually <clears throat> dive into the tafsir. Um, this is early morning, so you'll hear the rooster. Alhamdulillah. Um, from the sunnah, there we go. From the sunnah, uh, whenever we hear roosters, we are told or taught to make dua because possibly they may have seen an angel so um yeah so whenever we hear it if i remember we'll make dua okay so bismillah let's go into the tafsir so and we're looking at the tafsir or first the translation sorry the translation of the ayah that we just recited says and to allah belong the unseen aspects of the heavens and the earth and to him will be returned the matter all of it so worship him may Allah make us among those who worship Allah and rely upon him and may Allah make us among those who rely upon Allah alone and your lord is not unaware of that which you do and your lord is not unaware of that which you do wa ma rabbuka bighafilin amma ta'malun So let's go into more details. Ibn Kathir says the part that says walillahi ghayb in ghayb it means the unseen. Ghayb. Ghayba. So walillahi ghayb as-samawati wal-ard. To Allah belongs the ghayb, belongs the ghayb, the unseen of the heavens and the earth. Okay? Um wa ilayhi yurja'ul amr well, no kullu actually wa ilayhi yurja'ul amr kullu and to him return all affairs all affairs you know how you take things to court you take things to be um, settled uh, people have to make decisions um, one of my students she's the owner of a restaurant chain and she's like every time people come to her to settle disputes to say this person this 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 person is that So all of these affairs that we take to for settlement eventually anyway like we're just human beings right like we're limited in what we know what we can do 
Allah, all of our affairs at the end of the day, they are going to go to Allah. They're going to Allah for the final, final decisions. Even what we're seeing right now in Palestine, Palestine, the UN, all of these, like supposedly the UN is supposed to, you know, make sure there's justice, you know, they're supposed to step in as a neutral body and judge um, for the good of all. And the fact is, we know what's going on. So the fact is, this does not stop here. And that's what gives us hope. And that's what makes us, um, you know, gives us the courage to continue and not give up because it is not final in this dunya. So all the matters, all the matters, they return to hope, they return to Allah for decisions, for judgments. So in this case, what is the logical thing to do? So worship him for our Buddha, right? It's, a, it's like the Fahir is saying so. So that's the natural conclusion of what we just said. In this case, if all affairs return to him, if he's <clears throat> the owner of everything, seen and unseen, and in this ayah, it specifies the unseen. So not just what you see, because that's easy for us to understand that, but even what we don't see, the world of the unseen. There's no, there's no secret, there's no hiding from Allah. It's so important for us to remember that there is no hiding from Allah. You're not somewhere and nobody saw you, so you think that you're good. Or even your own internal thoughts. You're thinking, oh, I'm going to say this to this person and then, you know, because I want to hide what my real intention was. So I'm going to present the matter in a way that people will not understand that actually I meant to do something else. I wanted to do something. I wanted to get something else. But I'm just going to present it into this whole other, you know, um, image that people will just, you know, accept it and not be judging me. Well, Allah knows. That is not unseen to Allah. It is not, um, Allah is not unaware. And that's actually how the ayah ends. And your Lord is not unaware of that which you do. What you do, what you think, what you say. All of that Allah is absolutely aware to the very, very tiny, tiniest detail. And this is why, sisters, knowing the names of Allah is really amazing. Because if you really study the names of Allah in death, you know, not just the list of the names, but the names and what they mean and, and how they describe Allah. And this is why, you know, one of my sisters is like, you need to bring back this class. I taught this class, it's recorded, it's on the... Uh, portal but and if you're in a membership club every month we we um we share a new name where you have to study it but the thing is she wants to live again because it was just really amazing it transforms your life as you get to know in more detail who your lord is and then in this case you're not you don't fool yourself you know exactly where you stand when it comes to allah subhanallah so this ayah reminds us that we <laughs> we cannot hide from allah Right? So Ibn Kathir says that Allah explains that everyone who does a deed, He will give them their deed, meaning their reward for it, on the day of reckoning. And to Him belongs the creation and the command. Then He, the exalted, commands that He should be worshipped. Right? The fat is like, then, so, and then the command form is actually, right? So worship him, right? Worship, worship him. Um, and then it says, 
he comments that he should be worshipped and relied upon. And then the next comment, وَتَوَكَّلْ وَتَوَكَّلْ تَوَكَّلْ You know, trust him, put your reliance, put your reliance on Allah. وَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَيْهِ Right? And he should be relied upon. For verily, he is sufficient for whoever trusts and turns to him. Because we say, wakil, Right? Allah is sufficient for us. Tawakkal ala Allah. Rely on him. Because hasbunallah wa He's sufficient for us. So as Ibn Kathir says, you know, um, because Allah for verily, Allah is sufficient for whoever trusts and turns to him. And then the part where it says, وَمَا رَبُّكَ بِغَافِلٍ and your Lord is not unaware of what you do. Ibn Kathir says this means the lies of the disbelievers against you, O Muhammad وسلم, are not hidden from Allah. Right? He is the all knower of the conditions of his creatures, and he will give them the perfect recompense for their deeds in this life and the hereafter. Allah will aid you, Muhammad وسلم, and his party, in the party of Allah. He will aid the party of Allah over the disbelievers in this life and the hereafter. So this again, we need to have sabr and we need to have unwavering trust and belief in Allah. Because at times, things don't seem uh, that way. Things may seem different. They may appear differently to us. But that's just a test. It's a test. At the end of the day, evil will never win. Wrong will never win. Injustice will never win. Ever, ever, ever that it will never win. That's a promise of Allah. So we need to remind ourselves of that. And you know, so that is Ibn Kathir. So now let me go ahead and read to you the tafsir of Asadi. Asadi says that um, to Allah belongs all that is unseen in the heavens and on earth, meaning whatever is hidden, you know, hidden and unseen in them, all that belongs to Allah. So he's in control of it, basically. And to him, all things will return of deeds and doers, and he will distinguish the evil from the good. So there's going to be a judgment. So worship him alone and put your trust in him, meaning worship him, which means doing all that you're able to do of everything that Allah has enjoined. So Asadi now, he actually breaks down what to worship means. And so he says, is to do, um, it means to do all that you're able to do of everything Allah has enjoined and put your trust in Allah with regard to that for your Lord is not unaware of what you do of good and evil so don't like take your mind away from the people and and, and just put back your focus on Allah I was speaking to this dear student of mine she was like I had this competitive drive you know when it comes to certain people in my life and I just want to make sure they're like ahead and if somebody does it I want to do it it's like you know the sense of competition Allah has put that in us. But it is not for us to compete for this dunya. The Quran, I mean, Surah Takathu, really teaches us very well that the people were competing, you know, for the dunya until they reached their graves, right? And now they're seeing the hellfire. So that's not what Allah is asking us to do. The sense of competition that he puts in us is to compete for akhirah, is to compete for the pleasure of Allah, is to compete for good deeds. So this is what we need to focus on. And so that sense of competition is not bad, but it depends on who you're competing for. So Allah is owning all of this. Everything is belongs to Him. 
seeing and seeing he's in control. He's telling you, he's commanding you, he's commanding me. So in this case, worship me. Put your trust in me, right? And then what is worship? Is to do all that Allah has enjoying, is pleased with, in the, in, 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 in the way of the sunnah, right? in the way legislated. And then put your trust in Allah with regards to that. For your Lord is not unaware of what you do. So don't worry about if somebody saw you, somebody praised you, or they didn't praise you. As long as you did it for Allah, you are at peace, right? You know you've reached your goal. <clears throat> he's not unaware of good and evil. Rather, his knowledge encompasses all of that. His pen is recording, and he will judge and require for it. So good will get good. Okay, so this is a, we, we're done with the tafsir. I've already started actually inserting my, my reflections. Maybe you could tell. Um, but um, at the end of the day, what we learn from this ayah is that good will get good and evil will get evil. There's going to be a judgment. It doesn't end in dunya. Allah is aware. He's in control. And he's asking the believers especially to continue to trust him. Things may not seem the way, you know, they're supposed to be. But it is still according to Allah's bigger plan. And a plan that is made with perfect wisdom. So we may not understand it, but we still need to. Uh, we still need to trust, completely trust it. So my question, my question for you guys as a coach is, are we reviewing our day, our deeds, knowing that Allah is aware of everything we do? So again, I'm going to repeat it. <clears throat> are we reviewing our day, our deeds, knowing that Allah is aware of everything that we do? How do we live our daily life? When we have in mind that Allah is aware of what I'm doing, of everything, single thing that I'm doing, when I woke up, what I did, what I didn't do, you know, um, if let's say, okay, today's January 1st, um, let's say some of us went out and came back really late. Did we get up for fajr or did we sleep? Allah is aware of everything that we do, right? And how do we change our deeds? with that in mind, because it should help us to change our deeds. It should help us to avoid certain things when we know that Allah is aware of it. And it's amazing how Allah didn't say, I'm aware of what you do. No, he says, I am not unaware of what you do. Because I think it's a different meaning, right? If you say, I'm aware of what you're doing, and if you say, I'm not unaware of what you're doing, it means something. It means that you may think I'm unaware, you know? It, it means that even if you think that I didn't see it, even if you think that it's been hidden, even if you think that it was secret, I'm not unaware. If you have a tiny, tiny thought that I was not aware of what you did, then know that I'm not unaware, right? Know very well. Be well aware that I'm not unaware. I mean, it's really, it's, a, it's, it's the fact that it's, it's in the negative state and the negative, it's a negative statement, like, meaning it's not, a positive thing like it's not I am aware but it has a negation in it um, it's it, it makes it very powerful actually well now right and then it says um, and then my other reflections I was reading from my notes my other reflection about this was you know sometimes someone may be, do, may be doing haram around us man preserve us from from haram um, and so and from bad company and so sometimes that peer pressure, right, or that influence. So I was somewhere and um, a, a, a sister was with me and she was like, 
don't you want to just like dance when you hear this? And I'm like, no, I used to, I used to, but no, not anymore. Like I'm not, I'm not really tempted to do any of that. Right. But, it, and then she was like, well, I know that this other sister, she would have been dancing. Right. And so it's like that other sister is, if you see her, you know that she's really grown in her deen and her faith and stuff like that. But the uh, the sister that was with me was telling me, well, I know this sister, she would have been dancing. So it's like, okay, if you're in that environment and you're with these people, then you may be tempted to do like them because they're doing it and you, you, know, you relax your guard, right? So sometimes if someone someone does something haram around us, we may be tempted to do it with them. But this, this reminder that Allah is not unaware of what we're doing is very powerful. It's very powerful. And if we can remember this if we can keep that you know um in the forefront then it will be very helpful inshallah it will help us get back on track and the other point i wanted to mention here is do we trust the fact that allah is in control do we trust the fact that allah is in control again examples of that is like you know when somebody is having a difficulty they're having a difficulty, whether it's job, whether it's marriage, whether it's um, children. They're having a difficulty, right? And the solution to this difficulty really does not lie with a human being. But some of us will go to human beings and ask them and think that they have powers and, and think that they, they know the unseen. But this is why this ayah is so powerful because Allah specifies that he controls the ghaib, that it belongs to him. It, the unseen belongs to Allah. So why are you going to someone else thinking that he has control of the unseen and he can change the unseen world for your, uh, for your wishes? And Allah is telling you that he, it belongs to him. So if you know it belongs to Allah, where are you going to go? Instead of going to this human being, why don't you go to Allah? But the very people who say they call themselves Muslims, who go to these marabu, who go to these human beings, you know, they're the very same people who do not get up early morning before Fajr and raise their hands to Allah. They're the same people who would not, you know, spend money on sadaqah for the sake of Allah. They're the same. They would just go and wait for somebody to tell them, this is the sadaqah that you need to give. Who is this person to tell you that that's the sadaqah that you need to give? Give sadaqah. That's what Allah is telling you. But don't wait for somebody to tell you, you need to give this specific sadaqah. This white cloth, white sugar, white milk, white, whatever white. Or, you know, you need to get this albino, whatever, whatever. I mean, really, uh, and, or if you cannot get it, give me the money, I got you. I'm going to get this. And this, where is this coming from? Trust Allah, worship Allah. And he said it because why? He is the one in control of the unseen. He is the one in control of the ghaib. What you don't see, what you're trying to get, that you don't see, you don't see how it's going to happen. Allah is in control of that. So you trust Allah. You put your trust in Allah. You rely on Allah. You worship Allah. That's the ayah. That's not me. Allah is saying this in this ayah. He says, فَعْبُدَهُ وَتَوَكَّلَ um, Where is it actually? فَعْبُدَهُ وَتَوَكَّلَ عَلَيْهِ Right? فَعْبُدَهُ وَتَوَكَّلَ عَلَيْهِ May Allah make us among the people who worship and rely on Him. Who worship Him and rely totally on Him. Allahumma ameen. <clears throat> uh, sometimes also, if it's not a marvel, it could be just us thinking that we have our own life in control, in our own hands. 
And so we have a situation, we have a problem, and we're like, I got this. I'm going to figure this out. And we don't go to Allah. We don't ask Allah for help. And we're just like, I'm going to figure this out. No. Trust Allah. He knows the unseen. You don't know the unseen. You know? And I was hearing a sister. She's going through mental issues. And she's not far from me. But she's um, she's born and raised. I mean, born in a Muslim family. But I don't think she's still Muslim practicing. But she's also having some mental issues. And she was trying to book something and do something on the computer. And I heard her say, oh, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. And part of me wanted to say to her, ask Allah. And this is why I love istighara. I wanted to say, ask Allah. Like, we don't know. We cannot know if we're doing the right thing as far as how it's going to end. All we know is, are we doing, are we uh, proceeding in a way that is halal? As long as we're proceeding in a way that's halal, we do not know the result of what we're doing. And for that, we need to trust Allah. Not trust ourselves and not think that the results are in our own hands because it's not. We do what we can and we put the full results in the hands of Allah and we rely on Him. Because at the end of the day, He's only going to decree what is good for us. And it says, um, so... So if they're not going to human beings, so that's, uh, again, a reflection of my notes. If people are not going to human beings, they then rely on themselves too much without going and relying on Allah. And that's also problematic, right? Um, so this ayah reminds us that only Allah is all-powerful and in perfect control of His creation, whether seen or unseen. This ayah pushes us to rely on Allah and trust Him fully without affairs because all belongs to Him. And so this week, my dear beautiful women of Qur'an, Let's go to Allah first and foremost. Let's build our dua muscle, right? Let's go to Allah first and foremost for all of our needs. All of our needs. Let's take the means while fully understanding that Allah is in control of the results. May Allah grant us tawfiq. Ameen, Ya Rabbal Alameen. Any good is from Allah. Any mistake comes from me. May Allah forgive me. And uh, guide me aright. Until next week, bi'idnillah, for another juice, another ayah, and other reflections, bi'idnillah. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa ant. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzah. Amma yasifun. وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين